As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited today to finally launch my new podcast called Borders. But I want to explain something before you start listening. A lot of people, when I tell them that this podcast is about borders, they immediately think it's a travel podcast, and it's not. Really, this podcast is about boundaries and limits and edges. It's about the lines between things. Because of that, I'm releasing three episodes today all at once so you can get a sense of what this podcast is all about. You're listening to Borders, stories about borders by the people who cross them. I'm Caitlin Pierce. This story is by Christine Gentry, and she talks about navigating romance as she grows up. My parents both found themselves in Dallas, Texas in 1979 when they met at a bar on a Friday night. My dad was living out of his car at the time. They spent the weekend together because he didn't have anywhere to stay, so he stayed with my mom. And that Monday, he proposed. And a month later, they were married. And for two years, they just kind of continued this, like, partying, drinking kind of lifestyle. And then they found themselves pregnant with me. And they're like, oh, no, maybe we should do something differently. And my mom was like, well, there is this woman at work. She keeps talking about this Jesus guy. Maybe we could check that out. So I, I can say pretty much without hyperbole that my parents, like, found Jesus to raise kids. And so became Christians, and that's will hopefully explain how I found myself at the age of probably five or six, at the music minister's house. So we had just finished dinner, and my parents and the music minister and his wife were like having coffee or dessert or whatever, and I was in uh, the music minister's son's room. This guy's name is Heath. I'm pretty sure you know what kind of kid Heath is if you've ever seen Mad Men, because he's just like the kid Glenn, the creepy kid with the caterpillar eyebrows and like the circles under his eyes, and you're like, what have you been through already? You're six. Like, that kid. And we were, I don't remember what we were playing, but at some point he was like, I have an idea of what our next game should be. I was like, what? He goes, it's called Kiss Tag. I was like, what's Kiss Tag? He goes, wow. I turn off the lights, and you try to hide from me, and if I find you, you have to kiss me. I was like, okay. So <laughs> he did that, and of course... Like, I choose a spot, and I'm crouched, and I can hear him breathing, and he's getting closer to me, and I freak out, and I, like, bolt from my hiding place, but I don't know his room, so I'm bumping into dressers and hurting myself, and eventually my screams, and uh, Heath's like, I'm going to get yous, I'm going to get yous, call my parents down the hallway to see what's going on, and my, my dad 
throws open the door and turns on the light and finds me like crouched in the corner and he's chubby little sausage fingers outstretched towards me and he goes what's going on here and i was like kiss tag and he like grabs me by the ear and drags me into the hallway and goes you ain't never play that game again i was like why dad he goes because kissing is where babies come from I totally believed him. So for years and years, like, and basically until school sex ed, like, I totally believed, like, kissing is where babies come from. Because I don't know if you remember, but a few years later, Look Who's Talking came out. And, like, all they have to do is kiss. Like, all they have to do is kiss. And, like, boom, sperm, Beach Boys baby. So as as a combination of this kind of religious, protective uh, upbringing, and also, to be fair, my omnipotent reign in nerddom, when as a child, uh, I actually went to college never having kissed anyone, uh, which, as you can probably imagine, is rare in, in college. And it, I, it's the kind of thing you tell one person and then eventually everybody knows. So now, the older I got, the more pressure there was for that first kiss to be amazing. And this guy, Caleb, someone had told him that I hadn't kissed anyone and he had basically taken it upon himself to go ahead and do that for me, to be my first kiss. And Caleb was so cute. I mean, he was, like, tall. He had that perfectly waved hair with, like, just the tiniest bit of blonde highlights in it. He had one of those, like, Gaston butt chins, you know? And he came up to me one day after class and asked me on a date, and I freaked out. I was so excited about it. And I got, I was so nervous, and I got all pretty, and he, it was a Friday night, and he picked me up in his red pickup truck. So I get in the truck. Uh... We go across the street to the parking lot, like to the parking lot of my dorm. Like he picked me up in front of the dorm, drives across the street and parks in the parking lot. And I was like, what are we doing? And he kind of puts on the brakes, turns off the car, puts his arms around me and goes, Christina, have you ever seen a penis? <laughs> Excuse like before I could even like... <laughs> formulate an answer to this insane question and before I could even answer him <laughs> he pushes me down in the seat of the truck and like shoves his pointy little dragon tongue in my mouth and like snakes his hand up my shirt and this all happened very quickly I mean within like a couple seconds uh, and what Caleb did not know was that I was raised with brothers both of whom are now marines so I knew how to hold my own. And I pushed him off of me. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I never cursed at this point. And I had, like, busted his lip a little bit. It didn't start bleeding, but he, like, put his hand up on his lip. Like, Jesus, I was just trying to show you a good time. And I got out of that truck, and I go, shame on you! <laughs> and I slammed the door of his truck and walked across the street to my dorm where I proceeded to probably sob for a couple hours and I remember just talking to my best friend about, like, was that my first kiss? It, like, that's not fair. Like, I didn't ask for that. I don't think that should count. And, like, eventually, of course, came to the conclusion that it was not. Um, of course, he told everyone that that he had, like, taken my first kiss. He's like, And at the time, I wasn't confident enough to, like, defy him and, and tell everyone that that wasn't true and tell everyone what really happened. It was basically only my best friend who knew. Special thanks to Christine Gentry for sharing her story. Thank you, Mitra Kaboli and Caitlin Press, for your help on this episode. Andy Diaz wrote our theme music. 
The song you heard in this episode was by 60s. I'm Caitlin Pierce. You can listen to more stories at our website, bordersradio.org.